Is it 3 September? Yes, it is. It's 3 September. It's Sunday. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is the CG Prophecy Report. American hero. That and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay, we got some news from Israel here. From You know, before I read the news from Israel, I will say that we are starting today, uh, after the prophecy update, we are going to start the book of Judges. Okay, this is the seventh book of the Bible, and uh, it should take us, if it's the same as Joshua, about a year to get through it. And uh, I'm so excited. The first sermon, this one from Judges chapter one, it was so intriguing you know, a king gets, uh, he has his thumbs and toes cut off because he had cut off the thumbs and toes of 70 kings. What is that picturing? I, I was just so astonished because it surprised me. I had no idea what, what this was picturing until I did the study. And it, it, it's something I never would have expected, not in a million years. So if you want to start learning your Bible, join us in the adventure of the book of Judges because there are all kinds of cool stories and I'm waiting to see how they unfold. Um, this past Monday was the longest sermon typing day I have had since Leviticus 16. I got up and I started typing the sermon at four o'clock uh, in the morning. I went to the mall as I do every day for a very short time. And then I came back home and I got back on it. And by 10 o'clock, I had typed all of the verses and I thought, oh, I'm going to be done early today. I was still sitting in that chair almost six o'clock. She was like, should I bring you dinner to the thing? I said, no, I'm, I'm just almost done. But I don't know if it was 5.30 or 6, but it was a good 15, 16 hours to type that. And so it was the one of Ehud um, stabbing Eglon, the big fat king. Yeah. So interesting. So prepare yourself for the book of Judges. I hope that if you watch these updates, you'll actually start watching uh, quality sermons as well, whether it's at the Superior Word or somewhere else. But uh, this is such an interesting book. I can't help but think that there are going to be some cool stories coming out of it and typology of Jesus Christ. Anyway, from uh, Israel, from the Times of Israel, High Court rejects appeal against demolishing a 13-year-old Palestinian stabber's home. Uh, I totally agree with this. It doesn't matter the age of the terrorist. If he's 13, the parents instilled it in him to do this. And their policy is if somebody stabs and kills a Jewish person, they're going to go in and destroy their home. And they allow them to move out. They don't harm anybody in the process, but that home is destroyed. Now they've got to rebuild. And uh, it has been an effective deterrent. And here we go. The justices ruled two to one. Uh, in favor of allowing the demolition of Muhammad Zalbani's home in the Shuafat refugee camp in Jerusalem. On February 13th, Zalbani stabbed 22-year-old Staff Sergeant Asil Sa'awed. In other words, the guy, I believe, is an Arab himself. But anyway, he stabbed him in the head on a bus at a checkpoint. Sa'awed was also shot in the thigh by another security guard. The teenager has since been charged with aggravated murder and is expected to be placed in a juvenile detention center due to his age. 
Israel regularly demolishes the homes of Palestinians accused of carrying out deadly attacks as a matter of policy. The efficacy of the policy has been hotly debated, even within Israeli security establishment, while human rights activists denounce the practice as unjust collective punishment. Listen, when you teach your 13-year-old to go stabbing people to death, your home needs to be destroyed, and probably you, as the parent, should be in prison as well. In the high court's decision, Justice Alex Stein said the policy of demolishing the homes of minors accused of a deadly terror attack is an effective way of deterring their parents. The Israeli Hamoked rights group representing the Zalbani family slammed the court's decision. I can't stand people like this. Hamoked opposes all punitive home demolitions as a blatant form of collective punishment of innocent people. However, this case is very worrying escalation of the policy. First, the boy did not actually kill Sawaed. And second, if, as they claim, these home demolitions are intended as a deterrent, the idea that such demolitions could deter 13-year-old boys from engaging in violence is highly problematic. No, it's not. You get the other parents to see that their homes are going to be destroyed, and they'll start telling their children not to do this stuff. In general, the demolition process takes... Liberals, I just can't stand their, their thinking. Irrational thinking. In general, the demolition process takes several months as the home needs to be mapped out. The high court must address appeals by the family and security forces often wait until an optimal time to enter Palestinian cities or neighborhoods for the operation. From the Times of Israel, Shin Bet, four Israelis arrested as part of Hezbollah weapons smuggling ring. Now, Israelis. These are Arab Israelis. This is another thing that I cannot stand, is when people are given rights in a nation, they suck off of that nation, and then they hate the nation that they are sucking off of. I can't stand that. That is a typical liberal attitude, and there are a lot of Arabs over there that have the same attitude. Not all of them. There are a lot of good Christian Arabs in Israel, lots of them. But these people are obviously out just to destroy while at the same time getting the benefits of the nation under which they are citizens. According to the Shin Bet, three residents of the northern Arab town of Kafr Qasim were arrested over suspicions they had smuggled into Israel a large number of quality weapons. The agency said two Iranian-made explosive devices, among other weapons, were seized during their arrest. In a separate raid in the city of Lod, Security forces arrested another Israeli planning to use a similar device for a criminal-related bombing. The Shin Bet investigation revealed that Hezbollah worked to recruit and operate infrastructure of smugglers in Israel for the purpose of distributing unusual illegal weapons to various parties, including criminal elements. The Shin Bet named the suspects, and I won't read their names too long and complicated. They were indicted this past Wednesday on various weapons offenses, promoting the agency to publicize details of the investigation. From the Jerusalem Post, Israel warns of strikes on Iranian Hamas targets to halt terror wave. The security cabinet made a series of decisions to strike at the terrorists and whoever dispatches them. Prime Minister Netanyahu's office said after the closed-door meeting, whose details are withheld from the public, it authorized the Prime Minister and the Defense Minister to act accordingly. It did so after three Israelis were killed and one was seriously wounded in two separate terror attacks. For Israel, this terror wave is directly linked to growing military tensions with Tehran, which it believes is exploiting the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. 
especially by strengthening Hamas to open a new front against Israel and to retaliate against it for its aerial attacks against Iranian-based targets in Syria. From BBC, Israeli Arabs demand action over spike in murders linked to organized crime. They've got all kinds of problems in the uh, Arab community of Israel. I think as of yesterday, I think the number was 162 killed so far this year. They're just killing each other like crazy. From Newsmax, Sierra Leone to be sixth country to open embassy in Jerusalem. From the Times of Israel, Papua New Guinea to open Jerusalem embassy next week, Israeli officials say. Good stuff. Okay, we got some news from Christianity today. From Fox, California church fined $1.2 million during lockdowns, sues over alleged government spying operation tracking worshipers. Listen to what these people were doing. Unreal. Calvary Chapel San Jose and Pastor Mike McClure accuse Santa Clara County and the Colorado-based data company Safe Graph of embarking on invasive and warrantless geofencing operation to track residents, unbeknownst to the public. These are just arbitrarily going out and tracking people without any warrant or any right to do so. The defendants are accused of using geofencing, a location-based tool used by the government to track individuals through their cell phone data around Calvary Chapel San Jose property so they could see when and where worshipers were on the premises. This operation took place over a year with seemingly no oversight, boundaries, or limitations, meaning the defendants could track churchgoers in the sanctuary, prayer room, or bathroom. This type of expansive geofencing operation is not only an invasion of privacy, but represents a terrifying precedent if allowed to go unaddressed. As it stands, the defendants are effectively arguing that as long as they call it research, any level of government can target and spy on any individual or group at any time for any duration, and if they so choose, they can wield the collected data against said individuals or groups who oppose their orders. This is not just un-American, it is downright Orwellian. Officials had condemned a story published on Substack by journalist David Zweig that cited court documents in outlining how the county allegedly took various actions, watching church activities through a neighboring property's chain-link fence, walking in on church gatherings like a Bible study, and tracking churchgoers' cellular mobility data to survey Calvary. Can you imagine that's happening in the United States of America? I hope that they sue the pants off of those people. I hope that crummy liberal company in Colorado goes out of business. Yeah. These people need to be held account for what they've done. And the commissioners ought to be in prison. Right. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. From LifeSite News, former basketball player looks to unseat Representative Ilhan Omar. I'm going to bring Christ with me. A devoted Christian professional basketball player has stepped up to the plate to dislodge Democrat Ilhan Omar from her seat in Congress in 2024. His name is Royce White. I don't know anything about basketball. I don't know any basketball people, but this guy uses his head as a billboard. He's always got, you know, advertising on his head and, you know, John 316 or whatever is on his mind that day. He's got it painted on his head. Anyway, Royce White, a black 
33-year-old father and patriot. I don't know why they have to include black. That's why I stress that. Who cares? Uh, He's a father and a patriot, has come out with a message that challenges Omar and woke globalist neo-Marxist Democrats in government. You cannot have freedom without self-governance. You cannot have self-governance without faith and sacred honor. I like this guy. I'm running for U.S. Congress, and when I get to that House floor, White said, I'm bringing H-E double hockey sticks with me. But actually, that's just a saying. More importantly, I'm going to bring Christ with me. I'm going to bring righteousness with me. I'm going to rebuke and refute, he continued. I'm going to bear witness. I'm going to testify to the wickedness and the corruption and the dishonesty of all you sellouts. No matter your race, creed, color, or beliefs, our country is being held captive by the corrupt, great, great speaker. They seek to distort reality, pervert our children, put us into submission with pandemics and medication, and cause chaos and violence to keep us divided. Ilan Omar takes orders from them. She must be replaced. Amen. Breitbart, Vatican slams inhumane U.S. southern border fence. We don't even have a fence. They've welded those fences open. They're not even closed. They've welded them open. People are walking through uninhibited 24 hours a day right now. The Le Osservator Romano piece is accompanied by a large photo of a young woman and child attempting to crawl through the midst of razor wire. She has no right to be there in the first place. Presumably in an effort to enter the U.S., here's the key word, illegally. The Vatican, which has encouraged international migration and urged governments to welcome immigrants, has been a vocal critic of the border wall. Pope Francis has repeatedly railed against the building of walls while he sits behind a 30-foot-high wall at the Vatican. When he removes that wall, when he says, we're going to remove our wall and anybody can come into the Vatican premises any hour of the day, any day of the week, unhindered, we can agree with that numbskull. In his 2020, what's that? You have to have a ticket. You got to have a ticket to get in there. In his 2020 encyclical letter entitled Fruity Tootie, which means brothers all, the pontiff referred to the walls a striking 14 times, insisting that the church wants to build bridges, to break down walls, to sow seeds of reconciliation. Building walls reveals a deep-seated fear of others and of the unknown. The highest wall ever is recorded in the book of Revelation around the New Jerusalem. The Pope wrote, and a desire for security in one's own little world... There is a kind of local narcissism unrelated to healthy love of one's own people and culture. Obama and Biden have built walls around their palaces in the past couple of years. It is born of a certain insecurity and fear that others that leads to rejection and the desire to erect walls for self-defense. In Tuesday's, well, when people want to come in and blow you up, you have walls. In Tuesday's article, the Vatican paper says that the woman in the photo is one of the lucky ones since she's alive rather than dead. Well, you can blame all of the deaths, every one of them, as being murdered by the president of the United States of America because of his policies. She is one of many who each day try to cross Eagle Pass leading from Mexico into Texas, where just in this past July, four people drowned. Blame that on Biden. Don't blame that on us. From the Christian Post, Church of the Nazarene pastor faces removal over gay marriage support. 
good. Somebody's towing the line on this. Got some news from the Mideast and Africa today. From JNS. In first ever meeting, Israeli and Libyan foreign ministers talk normalization. Israeli Foreign Minister Cohen met with Libyan Foreign Minister Najla Mangush in Rome last week, which is two weeks ago now, to discuss the possibility of normalizing ties, the foreign ministry in Jerusalem revealed on Sunday, last Sunday. From the Times of Israel, Libya suspends foreign minister, announces investigation after her meeting with Israeli counterpart. In wake of festive Israeli statement on sit-down, Tripoli declares... Complete and absolute rejection of normalization with Zionist entity, insists the two met in Italy accidentally. From BBC, protests erupt in Libya over contact with Israel. From AOL, Libya's foreign minister suspended, flees the country after meeting with Israeli's chief diplomat. From the Times of Israel, U.S. said furious with Israel for revealing meeting with Libyan foreign minister. White House expected the sit-down to remain secret and believes other countries will be deterred from exploring normalization, reports say. Libyan Prime Minister vows no ties with Israel. And from ABC, Libya's Prime Minister rejects normalization with Israel following secret meeting of ministers. All in just a day or two, all of that happened. That shows you that Ezekiel 36 is probably not that far off. All they need to do is get their stuff together in Libya, align with Russia, and then that can happen. It's not going to happen until that, but right now we can see the enmity of Libya against Israel. It's exactly as the Bible prophesied. From the AP, Iran and Saudi Arabia are among six nations set to join China and Russia in the BRICS economic bloc. Um, This is something that happened over the last weekend, and it's important enough to read it now. The UAE, Argentina, Egypt, and Ethiopia were all set to enter BRICS from January 1st of 2024, joining current members Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa to make an 11-nation block. The announcement came after two days of talks at a summit in Johannesburg. President Putin participated in the discussions virtually after his travel to the summit was complicated by an ICC arrest warrant issued against him over the Ukraine war. While there has been momentum for a BRICS expansion for months, pushed largely by China and Russia, the five leaders were locked in closed-door discussions for two days before emerging with an agreement on expanding and a list of countries on the last day of the summit. BRICS is a consensus-based organization that needs all members to agree on decisions. That's a problem. That's kind of like OPEC, the same thing. Once you have that, nothing ever gets done, but let them have their party. That's fine. However, in a twist, Saudi Arabia's membership appeared uncertain after Prince Faisal told the Al Arabiya later that the kingdom appreciated the invitation, but would first study the details before the proposed January 1st joining date and take the appropriate decision. Meaning, they'll check with the U.S. and see if the U.S. can do something better for them. That's what that means. They are welcomed into the BRICS, but they may not do it. Breitbart. France bans Islamic dress in schools, citing breach of secular laws. From Fox, 
Taliban's morality czar claims women don't need sightseeing as he demands women cover up their head even more. They've already got this much eye covered. Now they have to be like this. No sightseeing for women. That's sightseeing to them, covering their eyes. From the Times of Israel, Iran arrests singer for illegal song encouraging headscarf removal. Judiciary says Mehdi Yari's new video defies the morals and customs of the Islamic society. He has consistently backed women's rights, protests sparked by Masa Amini's death, and now he will probably face the death penalty. That's my guess. Now something non-interesting from Mongolia. (laughs) From the Salt Lake Tribune. Pope to include Latter-day Saints in interfaith meeting during groundbreaking visit to Mongolia. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints officially claims more than 12,500 members in Mongolia in 24 congregations. Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times. From American Military News, college students launching first U.S. robotic moon rover before NASA. Developed over the course of three years by students, faculty, and alumni at Pennsylvania's Carnegie Mellon University, the Iris rover is scheduled to be transported to the moon by NASA's Commercial Lunar Payload Services Program. Hundreds of students have poured thousands of hours into Iris. We've worked for years towards this mission, and to have a launch date on the calendar is an exciting step. IRIS will open up lunar and space exploration by proving that a tiny, lightweight rover built by students can succeed on the moon. The IRIS rover will be transported by the Peregrine Lunar Lander, which will be launched by a United Launch Alliance rocket. The rocket will reportedly be launched from Cape Canaveral in Florida. After the Peregrine lands, the iris will be deployed to the surface where it is expected to take photos and transmit the photo to Earth as part of a 60-hour mission. That's not very long. The college said the iris rover is the smallest and lightest rover, and it is the first rover to feature both carbon fiber chassis and wheels. In addition to the Iris rover, Carnegie Mellon will send the Moon Ark to the Moon. The Moon Ark has been designed to serve as the first museum on the Moon, according to the university. The 10-ounce cylinder comprises four small chambers made of titanium, platinum, and sapphire that contain hundreds of images, poems, music, nano-objects, mechanisms, and samples from Earth. Collectively, these items tell complex narratives integrating the arts, humanities, science, and technologies. That's a total waste of money there, but whatever. Um, The interesting thing is that if they get this uh, spaceship to the moon, it doesn't mean it's going to land successfully, um, a.k.a. Russia with their recent attempt to land on the moon. And this morning I saw an article where they found a uh, crater that was caused by so russia now has a mark on the moon it's just not the kind of mark that they wanted but yeah they've actually made a crater on the surface of the moon because of their botched attempt to land on the moon anyway it's a dangerous world including the inevitable plagues the book of revelation prophesies of from the gateway pundit a true american hero florida surgeon general calls on American public to refuse to participate in mask mandates. You know, this morning I was at Publix and there was a guy not just with a mask on, he was wearing 
rubber gloves. <laughs> I mean, you talk about Dr. Demento. That's you, the guy. Did you laugh at him? I, I couldn't. I was so shocked. I looked at him. He's walking by in the parking lot, and he's got these gloves. I'm like, we just got a bunch of mental people in this world. Dr. Joseph A. Lapado is calling on mass civil disobedience if public health experts once again try to impose mask mandates, despite those non-pharmaceutical interventions having failed spectacularly to stop the spread of COVID-19 in the U.S. and throughout the world. Specifically, Florida's chief health officer has urged the public to oppose the terrible policies surrounding mask mandates and advised Americans to not abide by renewed masking requirements. Lapato questioned on Twitter X, what do you call reimposing mask policies that have been proven ineffective or restarting lockdowns that are known to cause harm? You don't call it sanity. These terrible policies only work with your cooperation. How about refusing to participate? This guy is a hero. This guidance from Lapato is issued at a time when educational institutions, healthcare facilities, and commercial enterprises nationwide are reinstating mask requirements. This renewed call for mask mandates is in reaction to the alarmism in the mainstream media and from some scientific lunatics about a purported rise in COVID subvariant cases. Gateway Pundit. NIH study suggests N95 COVID masks may expose wearers to toxic compounds linked to seizures and cancer. In April, a German study revealed that using a face mask during pregnancy may increase the chance of stillbirth, testicular dysfunction, and cognitive decline in children. Now, a study from researchers at John Book National University in South Korea released in April and quietly being reshared suggests the gold standard surgical N95 masks may expose users to dangerous levels of toxic chemicals linked to seizures and cancer. The study is concerning, especially in tandem with research released in January 2023 by Cochrane Library that suggests masks prove little to no difference to COVID infection or death rates. From Daily Wire, CDC removes COVID vaccine adverse event reports from website. This is the first time they have ever taken something where harm is being you know, coming about people and they are no longer reporting it. They've completely removed it. I've seen report after report from doctors saying that this is literally crazy. This is literally crazy. We have an ongoing thing. It doesn't matter if you agree with the COVID thing or whatever. People are are getting COVID and certain things are happening to their bodies and they're removing this information. From Ken's TV, Texas law banning COVID-related mandates by local governments takes effect this week. Zero Hedge, Republicans in nine Florida counties adopt resolution calling for ban of COVID vaccines. Morality is declining. Gateway Pundit, Biden judge rules that Maryland parents cannot, cannot opt their kids out of LGBTQ curriculum, but they can take their children out of those public schools and they should. Breitbart, BBC edits article on convicted pedophile removes references to role as pride promoting drag queen they just cut that out so that it wouldn't affect their agenda from the gateway pundit vogue includes transgender cyclist on list of powerhouse women of 2023 
That's Vogue. That's a woman's magazine. Yes, it is. Zero Hedge. Half of transgender prison inmates convicted of sex crimes, says Wisconsin Data. Zero Hedge. News industry behemoth sued for discrimination against white employees. The largest newspaper publisher in the United States, Gannett Company, is being sued for discriminating against white workers in their efforts to diversify newsrooms. The proposed class action was filed in West Virginia federal court by five current and former Gannett employees who say they were either fired or passed over for promotions for less qualified women and minorities. LifeSite. French government explores possibilities of assisted suicide for people who can't physically express a request. They can't say they want to be euthanized, but they are exploring getting rid of them. Wow. Gateway Pundit. Federal judge sides with Christian activist banned from University of Wyoming for calling transgender student male. Zero Hedge. School board fires Satan-worshipping non-binary teacher. Georgia Star. South Carolina Supreme Court upholds state's pro-life heartbeat bill. Okay, we got some other news here. Gateway Pundit. Joe Biden. Domestic terrorism rooted in white supremacy is the greatest terrorist threat we face in the homeland. Biden delivered remarks at a reception to the, commemorate the 60th anniversary of the founding of the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law. Biden, once again, because I reported on this before, falsely claimed white supremacy is the greatest terror threat to the United States. The U.S. intelligence community has determined that domestic terrorism rooted in white supremacy is the greatest threat we face in the homeland, Biden said, without providing any data or evidence whatsoever from just the news. DHS hides monthly number of illegal migrants released into United States after interacting with border agents. Who knows how many illegal immigrants are allowed to enter the U.S. after interdiction by CBP agents? The DHS does, but it isn't saying. The only reason why ICE and OFO would refuse to disclose that information is to hide the fact that it is releasing more more than 100,000 aliens per month into the United States, says a former immigration judge. Mail Online. San Francisco Nordstrom closes after nearly three decades in business amid rise in crime. The closing of the flagship store comes as San Francisco continues to experience a rise in crime, homelessness, and rampant drug use. Just the news. This does not bother me. This much after they stopped selling guns. Dick's Sporting Goods cites organized retail crime for 23% of profit decline. Dick said it lost about $74 million in net income in the second quarter of 2023. That's in one quarter because of organized retail crime. Dick's is not alone as more and more retailers are closing because of mobs of thieves striking stores. Okay. If you get rid of your guns, you have nobody to blame but yourself. Breitbart, L.A. Mayor Bass, lack of consequences for crime isn't causing retail theft. Things like this happen if there's a profit. That's her excuse. Things like this happen if there's a profit. Mail Online, will Boston become the new San Francisco? Their mayor is a numbskull. I'm telling you what. 
Mayor plans to create safe sleeping space for homeless people that residents fear will turn into open-air drug market. Just like it did in San Francisco, it'll work this time. No, it won't. Police would be able to remove tents and makeshift structures on Atkinson Street. A short-term shelter will be built and will house up to 30 homeless people. Mayor Michelle Wu and other city officials announced the move and they are working on codifying city law and creating an ordinance to implement it. Residents are afraid it will push drug dealing and substance abuse into their neighborhoods, but a city official said drugs will not be allowed in the structure. Yeah. Breitbart. Governor Kathy Hochul announces jobs program for illegal aliens as 380,000 New Yorkers are unemployed. As more than 100,000 border crossers and illegal aliens have arrived in New York, mostly in New York City, since the spring of last year, Hochul has pleaded with Biden not to stem the flow of illegal immigration, but to more easily provide new arrivals with work permits. In addition, Hochul rolled out a jobs program for border crossers and illegal aliens whereby the New York DOL will be authorized to connect migrants with employers so they can nab jobs. The whole point of this is to get the people working for almost nothing. That's the whole point of this. All asylum seekers with work authorization in New York can now register for assistance here. DOL career experts will work with individuals to assess skills, work history, education, career interests, and more, and connect them with employers across the state. Additionally, the DOL launched a portal enabling businesses to inform the state that they would welcome newly authorized individuals into their workforce. For months, Hochul has championed mass immigration to New York as a boon for corporate special interests who are constantly lobbying lawmakers to increase immigration so they can have access to a steady flow of willing, cheaper foreign workers that they can hire. And, yeah. vote, Democrat. and vote Democrat when they become citizens. From the Daily Hodel, BRICS member India ditches U.S. dollar purchases one million barrels of oil with rupees for the first time ever. BRICS member India has reportedly purchased oil from the UAE using its national currency for the first time. In July, reports surfaced that India and the UAE had inked an agreement that allowed the BRICS member to use rupees instead of the U.S. dollar when trading with the Mideast nation. Last week, the two nations appear to have started using their local currencies after energy company Indian Oil made payments in rupees for purchasing one million barrels of oil from the state-owned Abu Dhabi National Oil Company. India is not the only BRICS nation to purchase energy from the UAE without going through the U.S. dollar. In March, the oil and gas company China National Offshore Oil Corporation reportedly paid in yuan to import 65,000 tons of LNG from the UAE. Meanwhile, in May, China revealed that it signed $582.3 billion worth of global currency settlement agreements that will exclusively use the yuan. The recent moves of China and India underscore BRICS' global effort to abandon the dollar. From Breitbart, San Francisco restaurant bans armed police to keep patrons safer. Yes, Breitbart. Zelensky says he will not hold elections unless the U.S. and E.U. pay for them. We had to cut that little guy off with nothing more. Zero Hedge. 
U.S. military likely to remain in Syria for many, many years to come, says Milley. This is exactly what Trump tried to get us out of, all of these never-ending wars. Zero Hedge, top law school, promotes ditching the Constitution. Shocking. Okay, who said it? You know you've reached middle age when you're cautioned to slow down by your doctor instead of the police. Joan Rivers. Okay, got a lesser cure for you. Like the heart, Moon Ark has chambers four. It holds facts that we should never ignore. So according to the plan, it's the mission of man about what's now and what's been heretofore. Good job. Okay, irony, couple ironies for you here. Are they really ironic? Yeah, they're pretty ironic. Okay, before I give you the irony, I'd like to uh, remind you that uh, the world isn't as bad. This is all bad news. There is good news out there, but you're going to hear that. You're not going to hear the bad stuff unless you, uh, you know, go to people that will report it. And uh, that's because they want you to be spoon-fed that everything is okay while they destroy the world around you. So I guess it's bad after all. Anyway, uh, the, the whole point is that there is a greater hope than this, okay, and that is Jesus Christ. So I would like to remind you again, in case you've uh, watched this update before and you've not received Jesus as your Savior, that Jesus Christ died for your sins. And because God is infinite and because God is holy, he cannot accept you as you are. He cannot. It is impossible. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ, when he died, that covers your sin. When God looks at you after coming to Christ, he doesn't see you any longer. He sees the perfection of Jesus. You are granted his righteousness. You are justified before God of all the things you could not be justified by the law or by your own works of any kind. And so he died, he was buried, and he rose again, proving several things. One, that he is God because all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. He came out of the grave, he had no sin, therefore he must be God. Okay, the second thing is that it proves that he did not sin while he was on his earthly walk, because if he did, he would still be in the grave. So not only did he, is he God, but he did not sin in his humanity. And the third thing is that your sins are forever buried with Christ, because if your sins clung to him, he would not have come out of the grave. So you are saved and you are saved eternally. If anybody tells you otherwise, they do not know proper theology. You cannot lose your salvation. God has now covenanted with you through the shedding of Christ's blood. And therefore, he, despite you, will not break his side of the covenant. You are saved. So please call on Jesus. Believe that simple gospel, and you will be on the path to glory, and you will transcend what is going on in this terrible, wicked world. Okay couple of uh, ironies. and Oh, you know what? Probably doesn't matter. Uh, maybe I shouldn't read these because apparently we're leaving on 25 September. So <laughs> whatever. Anyway, um, from the National Pulse, FBI investigates spying tool and then discovers the FBI uses the spying tool. And then from PBS, Harvard professor who studies dishonesty is accused of falsifying data. <laughs> yes. Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG Prophecy Report for the Week.